This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. This is Steve Guglielmi, Editorial Director for Knowledge at Wharton. And today joining me are Anev Hart from George Mason University, Eric Van Epps from University of Utah, and Maurice Schweitzer from the Wharton School to talk about their latest paper, The Better Than Expected Consequences of Asking Sensitive Questions. First of all, Maurice, why don't you give us some background on what motivated this research? What, what, what generated the idea for your study? We were interested in thinking about the exchange of information where when we're making a decision or we're deciding how to negotiate, we really need information from our counterparts. And one thing we could do is do our homework and prepare before we get started. But once we sit down with someone or we're talking to them across some media, we should be asking them questions to gather information. And that information can be incredibly important in guiding what we do and what we say. But if we look at past research, what I think is so interesting is that past research suggests that we should ask questions, but really comes up short with respect to what kinds of questions we should be asking. And in some recent work I did with Eric, we looked at how different kinds of questions might elicit more or less accurate information. And in work that Nav, we looked at negotiations where this information dependence is so incredibly important. And so the three of us began to think about how we ask questions in normal communication and in negotiations. And we found that rather than just using questions to elicit information, we also ask questions to achieve some other goals. So sometimes we might try to manage the impressions we create on other people, or we might try to amuse other people with the communication. And so it's not, it's not merely or sort of simply the idea that I'm using communication to get ideas in my head into your head and to get ideas from your head into my head, but rather we use communication to achieve some other ulterior goals and as a result, we might not ask the questions that would be most useful for us. Ana, what is a sensitive question? How do you actually define that? Where's the line? And does it change with context? We define sensitive questions as questions that are about topics that you might feel uncomfortable to discuss. These could be questions that are inappropriate in a specific context and or about information that the other person would probably want to keep private or not discuss. And I imagine when you kind of think about these things, a lot of things can come to mind, such as questions about your financial situation, questions about politics, about religion, um, about relationships you have with others. And a lot of questions can fit all of these three criteria. So if you if outright ask someone, oh, have you had an affair? And especially if their partner is in the room, that could be about topics that are uncomfortable and inappropriate and the information that people would like to keep private. Um, but of course, some questions can fit one or more of these criteria. Now, naturally, how sensitive questions are depends on the context. Uh, so, for example, who is around, who you're asking the question, um, what culture we're in and the norms of that culture, and um, specifically the relationships 
or the relationship, sorry, that you have with your conversational partner. So what could be sensitive with a stranger may or may not be sensitive with a coworker or with a close friend. Now, additionally, another thing that um, we found interesting and we'll probably look at in future research is cultural and kind of group organizational norms. So for example, a salary might be sensitive in some cultures, say in the US, but less so um, in others. So for example, Israel, where I'm from. Uh, and that was kind of one of the things that I think led us to this super fun project. Eric, although uh, sensitive questions might feel uncomfortable for the asker, what do you gain by asking them or, or what could you lose by not asking them? One thing to think about is these sensitive questions that we're looking to study, they should be questions that we're actually interested in learning the answers. We're not prescribing that people ask any and all sensitive questions that come to mind, but rather that they ask those questions that could be useful to them. And so avoiding these awkward questions could often come at a cost. If you're negotiating a salary or choosing where to live, it can be quite useful to know how much a coworker earns or how much a friend pays in rent. And so in a lot of circumstances, we think that a better understanding of our peers, our coworkers, these people we're interacting with, understanding their personal lives or, or information that might feel sensitive, knowing that information can actually help us navigate our own professional and social interactions. Um, and so asking direct questions is one of the most effective direct ways to learn that important information. Um, you could imagine that if we were to try to get at the same information in a more indirect manner, it can come across as really clumsy. It might actually create its own set of costs. Um, so imagine you want to know how much a coworker earns. You're not comfortable asking directly. You might actually create more problems by trying to be indirect and hoping that they disclose the information, trying to hint at salary or get a sense of what they're purchasing to get a, a sense of, of how much they earn. We think it's better to ask directly. We think that's going to get you the information you want and actually avoid some of these other interpersonal costs that you might create by trying to avoid sensitive questions. Another potential benefit of asking these questions is that they can actually bring us a lot closer together than sticking with mundane topics. I'm sure we've all had the experience of being in these endless conversations about the weather and about random events. Whereas asking sensitive questions and talking about personal topics can act, actually strengthen relationships. But we often yeah. don't ask them because we fear harming those very relationships. That raises my next question. I, I noticed you wrote in your paper um, that there are certain benefits to the actual act of asking a question. So, so aside from uh, what you pointed out, um, and aside from just gathering information, what other kinds of benefits does the act of asking questions have for those who are participating in an exchange? Well, I think there are actually many benefits that we can derive from asking sensitive questions uh, or asking questions in general. Um, the first, as you noted, is the importance of information. And then as Ana was talking about, that sometimes these questions can really help us build rapport, build relationships. One thing that questions do is they express interest in other people they demonstrate that we're other focused. And that can be extremely important in building relationship, demonstrating concern for others, helps us signal benevolence and that we're kind and caring and interested. And this is true even if 
what we really ultimately want to do is advance our own interests or improve our own decision making. But at the same time, people generally like being, you know, they, they like that attention. They like being engaged in a process. Another thing questions can do is reveal some information. So if I ask a very technical question or a very specific question, it can demonstrate that I'm prepared or that I really know my field or I know the key intricacies of what we're talking about. So we can reveal important information um, or information about our assumptions through the questions that we ask. So the next thing questions can do is invite reciprocal questions. So if I ask you how your weekend was, you're now far more likely to ask me how my weekend was in return. And so by asking questions, uh, we can trigger a return question and and that can change the course of a conversation. Well, let's also explore uh, the the concept of impression management. Um, Eric, can you explain what that is and why it's important in this context? Sure. We want other people to think positively of us. We want them to think that we are good, nice, interesting people. And if anything, I would say the current generation has a lot of practice at this. Think about any social media platform. When we create our own profile, like we are practicing impression management all the time. We are choosing what photos to post. We are editing those photos. We are curating an experience for other people to try to create a good impression of ourselves and, and manage that impression for others. And so this desire to make a good impression on others is very strong, affects many of our behaviors, not just on social media. And so we see a lot of these impression management behaviors and motivations in conversation as well. This could be attempts at flattering other people or humble bragging or engaging in all kinds of, of potentially uncomfortable social interactions because you think that might make a good impression on others. And so in, in this project, we focused on how these impression management concerns might actually drive what questions we choose to ask, as well as why we might avoid asking certain kinds of questions. And so we're finding that people consistently err too far on the side of politeness, are too worried about offending other people, uh, maybe overgeneralizing this decision rule of better safe than sorry, and that's leading them to avoid asking sensitive questions out of fear that they would offend their conversation partners, that they would make a bad impression on someone else. Of course, what we do find in this paper is that when people do actually ask these sensitive questions, most people are far less offended that they're creating a good impression relative to what askers had, had previously predicted or assumed. Right. And I was going to get into the specific bindings in the paper next, actually. I wanted to ask you, first of all, how did you go about studying this? Could you describe a couple of your experiments and tell us what you found? So in our research, we looked at questions that could yield valuable information, as Eric and Marie pointed to, but questions that were consistently characterized by participants as sensitive, as intrusive, uncomfortable, and inappropriate. So, for example, questions like, what is your salary? Or have you ever had financial problems? As well as more personal questions, such as, have you ever gone to therapy? And have you ever cheated on a partner? Now, in our experiments, we paired strangers. And in one study, we paired friends. And we had the participants engage in a conversation. Now, before participants started the conversation, we assigned one of the role to the role of question asker, 
and we gave them a list of questions that they could choose to ask. We then had this person forecast how uncomfortable the other person would feel. So if you were the asker, think about how the respondent, the other person in this conversation, would feel after that conversation, and think about what impression you would make on this other person. And then the asker and the respondent had the conversation, and after the conversation, we asked, again, the askers and the respondents to both think about how uncomfortable they actually made the counterpart feel and how uncomfortable they themselves felt, as well as kind of think about what do you think about the other person and what is the impression the other person has of you. So in that sense, we can see what happened to people who were asked these sensitive questions, right? How did they feel and what did they think of the asker? if they were asked sensitive questions or neutral, non-sensitive questions, say, about the weather. And across our studies, we find that people are very, very reluctant to ask sensitive questions. And this is in large part because people assume that asking these sensitive questions would make the other person feel very uncomfortable and would really create a negative impression. And this is the case both kind of before people ask or have the conversation, so kind of thinking about it and predicting in the future, as well as after people had the conversation. So even after you had this, you still think it went a lot worse than the respondent actually feels. In one study, we even gave people the incentive monetary bonus to make a good impression. Um, and that led them to choose even fewer sensitive questions. So this kind of points to the very strong impact of our desire to make a good impression, as Eric pointed out, on what we're willing to do, even when we value this information, and even when these are relative strangers in an experimental study. One other thing I would chime in and mention is that we ran these studies both with online participants where people are interacting over a, a text chat like AOL Instant Messenger or, or text messages. And we also ran some of these studies in person, face-to-face -face conversations. And we find the same general pattern across both contexts. So even though you might think about people generally being pretty disinhibited online, uh, even in those online contexts, people were reluctant to ask sensitive questions. And we observed that it's because of this concern about the other person being uncomfortable or the impression that you've made on the other person. Eric, did it surprise you at all that there wasn't a difference in these two contexts? I should say there is a small difference. We do find that people are even more uncomfortable in the face-to-face -face context, but broadly speaking, we can say that this effect is robust to both face-to-face -face and online interactions. And so that online environment, you could think of as a very conservative test of this hypothesis, even there, people seem reluctant to ask sensitive questions, which makes us feel like this is a pretty strong, consistent phenomenon. And another thing that might be important to note is that even when we're talking with our friends, so in one of our studies, we had participants come into the lab with friends, and we paired them either with these friends or with strangers. And in both of these contexts, we see that people really think that asking sensitive questions will be very harmful. And 
this is actually not the case for both strangers and friends. And even when these are people we know, we shy away from these hopeful, valuable questions because of our concern for relationships and impressions. Right. You know, based on your study, you know, what's, what is the upshot for anyone uh, wanting to ask a sensitive question? I mean, should they ask or should they not ask? Uh, should I ask my coworker about his or her salary? I think we would say that if you are on the edge of asking a sensitive question, you probably should. That it's these edge cases that maybe we're most interested in. And we're finding again and again that people overestimate the relationship costs of asking sensitive questions. And so if you're going back and forth on whether it's worth it, we think this more accurate understanding of how people actually react would cause you to decide that it's worth it most of the time. Now, on the other hand, if you were completely convinced that asking a certain sensitive question would offend your conversation partner and it's not even that valuable to you, well, then that's probably a time to, to let discretion be your guide, uh, to, to exercise caution, not ask all of those questions. Um, so you shouldn't ask every sensitive question that comes to mind, but we're trying to encourage a general shift toward more question asking because we think it can prevent making faulty assumptions. We think this can lead to important information exchanges. And generally, we think it'll make conversations more interesting. And again, importantly, it doesn't make people as uncomfortable as we think it would. And so there's the costs of it are really lower in many cases than we think they are. Maurice, could you tell us what kinds of unanswered questions does your study raise? What might you look at next? Well, there's several, I think, interesting directions to build on from this. So first, related to the comments that Eric and I have just shared is, you know, we're, we find pretty broadly across our studies that the, the negative consequences people feared really weren't borne out. That is, people were asking sensitive questions, they were fearing a bad outcome, and we didn't find that at all. Some people ask how much money you make, or you've ever had an affair, or how much do you pay in rent. The questions people asked did not upset people at all. I think there's some question about, well, where, where is that line? Uh, how edgy could the questions get among friends across different contexts? across different cultures to really understand where the boundaries are, because I think there are likely to be important boundaries. Second is to think about when sensitive questions are most likely to build rapport as they signal closeness or spark a really meaningful conversation. And maybe there's some types of sensitive questions um, that are sort of particularly likely to be a launching pad for more meaningful conversation. The other sort of third piece is to think, I think, more deeply about what information questions communicate. So not only is this a tool for eliciting information, but it's also a tool for revealing information, revealing our interests, revealing our values. And I think we could do more to really unpack. Um, and then finally, uh, I sort of think about the, the nature of the group. The studies we ran were all in dyads in groups of two. I think people are most likely to disclose information and least sensitive to disclosing information in dyads. But there's some interesting interactions in groups where signaling information, setting norms um, could be 
I think, more interesting when we think about taking some of this research uh, into group settings. So I think there are a lot of, you know, sort of from cross-cultural to groups to building rapport, um, there are a lot of open questions. All right, but well, I, I want to thank the three of you for joining me today. I think our listeners as well. And if you like what you heard, you can hear more like it on knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.